Are you a chief or an eagle? You should say yes to both. It is Supernatural Sunday, and we serve a supernatural God that performs supernatural feats and events and miracles day by day by day by day by day. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you receive a supernatural word from God, a prophetic word from God, it is supernatural. When you get saved and you give your heart to Jesus, something supernatural happens on the inside. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Everything becomes brand new. Nicodemus went to Jesus and Jesus said, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And he said, how does that happen? I'm an old man. How can I enter into my mother's womb again? He said, you have to be born again. It is a supernatural, spiritual event that takes place when you receive him into your heart. And everything changes. One of my favorite verses is found in Job 22, verse 28, that says, Declare a thing that it might be established for you. Not a thing, but a thing. Declare a thing that it might be established for you. I don't understand how I can stand in this pulpit for 20 years and declare a thing so that it will be established and people still walk out and go, my head is killing me. I don't understand how people don't get the Scripture. They don't get the Word of God and that you are greater than you think you are and God has a plan for your life and your, word, your life follows your words. So what are you declaring? You want to see more supernatural? Then you need to make more declarations because your declaration sets the supernatural in to motion. You didn't hear me. I heard about three amens. I said, your declarations set the supernatural into motion. Your words. I'm going to prove it to you. Creation became supernatural when God declared let there be. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and empty. And the Bible says darkness covered the face of the deep and the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was brooding or hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God declared. Then God spoke. Then God said, let there be light. And do you think darkness stayed? Do you think when he declared, let there be light, do you think that he's looked around and said, hmm, let me try again. Let me see what, what went wrong. Do you think that's what happened when God said, let there be light? And if you read Genesis chapter 1, do you think that every time he said, let there be 
he scratched his head and wondered, why didn't it work? No. His declaration set the supernatural into motion. His word, his declaration, his spoken word brought things to pass. It set it into motion. He said, let there be and there was. And he said, that was good. He saw that it was good. And he said, it is good. Let there be light. Everything that he said, every declaration that he made brought supernatural occurrences into being. Let there be. As a matter of fact, when you read the Bible, I read about an old man. His name was Abraham. Kind of like Birmingham. It was Abraham. And he was 100 years old. And his wife Sarah was 90. And God made a promise. He made a declaration to them. He said, you are going to be the father of many nations. He said, look at the sand of the sea. So shall your children be. He said, look up and count the stars. So shall your children be. Yet he was an old man with a promise and no children. But when he turned 100 and she was 90, the promise from the declaration which was set in motion when the declaration was made. See, you wonder, when is a baby created? When is a baby, when, when does life come into the baby? Oh, somebody been reading their Bible. See, some people say it happens at birth. Others say it happens at conception. But your Bible says, from the foundation of the world... I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Let me make it plain. Before between 200 and 300 million seed went down a long dark tunnel to fertilize an egg, 200 to 300 million. See, they got real religious and self-righteous right then. I'm just telling you what happened. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, before 300, potentially 300 million seed fertilized an egg, God knew that you would win the race to fertilize that egg and be the first one there, and you would be born. Somebody might have told you that you were a mistake. Somebody might have said, we didn't plan you. Somebody might have said, I wish you had never been born, but I need to tell you, before the foundation of the world, God knew that you would be here on this supernatural Sunday, that you would be born, that he had a plan for your life. Come on, somebody. When, when Elijah heard the word of the Lord and he said, get yourself to the widow's house. Go to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. And he got there and there was a famine in the land. The brooks or, or the birds, the ravens of the air had been feeding him and bringing him nourishment, but the brook dried up 
And he said, go to that widow woman's house. I have commanded a widow woman to sustain you. He went there and he told her, he said, make me in the middle of this famine when there's no food to go around, when everybody's starving and everybody's thirsting, make me a little cake first. The audacity of that fat preacher <laughs> telling the little scrawny, bony widow woman to make him a cake first. She had a choice. She could have got mad. She could have looked at him and said, how dare you, you fat preacher. In the middle of this famine, you want something to eat before I eat? But she heard the word of the Lord. It was supernatural. And when she obeyed the Lord and she put her hand down in that barrel of meal, and she took the oil in the cruise and she poured it and she mixed it up and she made him a cake first. From that moment forward, the oil didn't fail. The cruise didn't fail. God sustained her. And he sustained the man of God. It was supernatural. But then her son died. Can you imagine the emotion? Can you imagine the thoughts? Can you imagine the anger? Can you imagine the questions that she had for God and the man of God? And the Bible even says that she said to the man of God, What have you done? You've killed my son and brought all my sins to remembrance. What have you done? And the prophet said, give me your son. And he took the boy and he went up into the upper chamber where he was staying. And he laid the boy on the bed and he was dead. Somebody say dead. dead. No, you don't understand. He was dead. You don't understand. He was not sleeping. He was dead. And the prophet called on the Lord and he did something that you wouldn't do. The Bible said that he stretched himself out on the boy. He was dead. Most of y'all won't even go to the funeral home. Much less touch the body or lay on top of a dead boy. Three times the Bible says he stretched himself and he laid out on top of the dead boy. And he called unto the Lord and said, let his life, let his soul, the Bible says, come back in him. When he prayed that prayer, he was making, don't miss this, he was making a declaration. He was following in the steps and the example of Father God. And he made the declaration and he said, I command the soul, the life, to come back in this dead boy. And the boy got up. And he picked him up and carried him downstairs and said to his mother, Here is your son. He lives. He lives. See, nobody said nothing. Nobody shouted right there. 
The boy, you missed it. See, the boy was dead, and now he lives. The boy was dead, and now he lives. The boy was dead, and now he lives because the prophet of the Lord declared a thing that it might be established. You don't understand the power that God has put in you when he gave you dominion authority. He gave you the power to call those things that are dead as though they were not. He gave you the dominion authority and the power to change the course of your life and the course of those around you. He gave you that power. He gave you that life. He gave you that word. He put that declaration in your mouth. What are you speaking? What are you not speaking? Your finances in trouble? Talk to them. Your body is sick? Talk to it. Your neighborhood is not right? Talk to it. Your community is not right? Talk to it. Your country is not right? Speak to the situation. Talk to the situation. Make a declaration. Creation became supernatural when God declared, let there be. Situations change when people of God make a declaration and say, let it be like this. The birth of Jesus became supernatural when the angel came to Mary and made a declaration. You will conceive. At that moment, it was supernatural. She was a teenager around 14 years of age. There had never been an immaculate conception. There had never been a virgin birth. But the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So the angel appeared to this girl in Luke chapter 1, and the angel told her, You have found favor with God. You will conceive. At that moment, the declaration was made. At that moment, it became supernatural. At that moment, everything changed. At that moment, the course of history changed because of the declaration, You will conceive. What if the angel had never showed up? What if the angel had come and not said those words? Those words, the declaration, changed the course of history. Those words set the supernatural emotion for Jesus to come to this earth as a man. You will conceive. And he said to her, you will give birth. To a son. Not only will you conceive, but it will not be aborted. Not only will it be deposited in you, but you're going to give birth to it. You're going to bring it forth. So many times God puts a word in us and we suppress it and we, we deny it and we try to abort it. We don't want it to come to pass. And you will name him. I wish I had time to preach right now about naming your seed. I don't really have time, but just, just understand that God wants you to pay your tithe. That is commanded of us. But he says, give an offering, a seed, sow a seed. And when you sow a seed, you ought to name that seed. You ought to put a word on it. You ought to name it and say, this seed is for this and this seed is for that. When I sowed the seed for this building, it was a $43,000 suburban brand new 20 years ago. That was not paid for. I still owe $33,000, but I, I sowed that seed. 
I was sowing for a building down the road. I was sowing for a place that we could come and meet. And that seed is the reason we are sitting in this building today some 20 years later. Come on, somebody. The angel said to her, you will name him. Jesus, oh, I wish I had time just to preach about the power of the seed, the power of the sanctified seed. When you name that seed, his name was going to be called Jesus, which is Emmanuel. Uh, Pastor Adam went a whole list today of what his name means. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end, the great, the great I am, the bright morning star, the lily of the valley. He's the rock. He's the rock of ages. He's the bridge, the bridegroom. He's all of these things. And we haven't even scratched the surface. He's the healer. He's the miracle worker. He's the water walker. He's the giant killer. He's the mountain mover. He's the great I am. He's everything. His word sets the supernatural in motion. Jesus said, or, or the angel said, you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be called the son of the most high. His kingdom will never cease. Do you see all these declarations? Oh, I wish I had time to preach, but I've got to move on. Your beginning became supernatural when God declared over you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at your neighbor and say, you are somebody. Now look back and say, yes, I am somebody. I am made in the image of the Almighty God. His royal blood is flowing through my veins. His DNA is in me. His word, his word is in my mouth. I am a mountain mover. I am a giant killer. I am a water walker. I am the righteousness of God. Come on, somebody. I am the righteousness of God. I am pushing back the sickness. I am pushing back the doubt. I am pushing back the fear. I am pushing back the circumstances. I am pushing back the pain. I am pushing back the problems. I am the anointed of the Lord. I am the righteous seed of God. Psalm 139, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Praise, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, come on, somebody. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before, before one of them even came to be. Don't tell me this is not Supernatural Sunday. Don't tell me this is not a supernatural year. Don't tell me you don't have a supernatural life. And again, your beginning became supernatural with the word, the declaration. The declaration sets in motion the supernatural. Say it with me. My declaration sets in motion the supernatural in my life. My declaration sets in motion 
the supernatural every day I make a declaration every day I speak life every day I speak healing every day I speak blessing every day I speak increase every day I speak favor and when I speak it sets in motion the supernatural in my life in the name of Jesus his word is in my mouth every day he makes a download into my spirit man his word says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and his mercies are new every morning every morning I receive a download of his word in my mouth so I make the declaration and it sets in motion the supernatural somebody shout hallelujah 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 your salvation became supernatural when Jesus declared not my will but your will be done now the plan was set in motion but how many know God created us as free moral agents with a will look at your neighbor and say you have a will we all have a will and it's up to you to do the right thing because you have a choice not to do the right thing Matthew 26 Jesus is in the garden the Bible says he went on a little farther. I wish I had time to preach right there. Because you see, he was in the garden. He could have called, like the old song says, he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have turned it around. He could have changed it. He didn't have to go. That's why he said, Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. He was fighting the pain. He was in a battle. He was in a mental battle. Satan had showed up. Satan wanted to stop it all. But the Bible says he went on a little bit further. He pushed on through the pain. He pushed on through the doubt. He pushed on through the fear. He pushed on through what might have happened. He pushed on. He went just a little bit farther. May I tell you, he went a little farther just for you. He went a little bit farther because he loved you. He went a little bit farther because he knew you had a destiny. He went a little bit farther because he knew you from the foundation of the world. He went a little bit farther because he knew he had a purpose for your life. He knew that he, he went a little bit farther because he had put a word in your mouth. What if he had stopped and just folded his arms and said, I'm just flat not going to do it? But he was prompted by his own word because he came for a purpose. And he could not stop short of fulfilling his purpose 
So even though he wanted to stop and fold his arms and quit and give up because it was such a burden, the Bible says his sweat became, as it were, great drops of blood. He said to his disciples when he was in the throes of his most difficult hour, he said to them, could you not pray with me just one hour? Indicating he felt he was all alone. He was by himself. There was nobody going through it with him. In the middle of that, he turned and he went just a little bit further. He kept pushing forward because he was going to finish that which he came to fulfill. So he went on a little bit further. He bowed his face to the ground. He prayed, Father, if it, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. He was saying at the moment, my will is to stop. He was saying, this is my will, but I don't want my will. I want your will. If it's possible, let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will. Let your will be done. And he went a little bit further all the way to the cross. And your salvation became supernatural. It became possible. It became evident the moment he said, not my will. Let your will be done. And he secured your salvation for all of eternity. Your healing. Your healing. Let that sink in. Your healing. He said, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray for him. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me translate that. If you're sick, call for somebody to pray and that prayer of faith will save the sick. Translate, heal the sick. Your healing became supernatural when Jesus made the declaration, by my stripes, you were, you were, you were, you were healed. Past tense, you were. By my stripes, it was done then. Yet, we put up with our sickness. We tolerate the sickness. Oh, it's getting quiet now. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. In case you haven't guessed it by now, at Metro Tab, we believe and practice supernatural gift of healing in this house. I've got an aunt that passed away few months ago at the age of 94 and probably 25 years ago somebody was sick and she and I were talking and she said Steve I don't think you have to be sick get old and get sick 
and die. She said, I think you ought to just get old and then die. She said, why get sick? And she was 94 and she wasn't sick. And it was time to go. My granddad went the same way. My grandmother went the same way. My dad will be 87 in April. And he's declaring over 100. And he's not sick. I was raised in a family that believed in healing. And believed that we didn't have to be sick. Matter of fact, my granddad, when he was 90, went on, and you've heard the story, I won't tell you again today, but when he was 90 and decided that he was ready to go home and he asked the Lord to come pick him, pick him up, that's what he did. He said, would you come get me? He'd been to church, been fishing on Saturday, went to church on Sunday, and he, on Monday morning he told my grandmother, he said, I'm about to go. Come out here and kiss me goodbye. He was standing on the front porch. He was not sick. Somebody say, he was not sick. And... He kissed her goodbye and went in the house and laid down, and in 45 minutes, he was gone. But in 90 years of living, he never, one time, ever had so much as an aspirin or cough syrup or any kind of medicine, little or big, small or large. He never had any. You're not hearing me. He didn't take any. Every time he ever got sick, he stood on this verse. By his stripes, I was healed. He asked the Lord to heal him, and the Lord healed him. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, and because of all that, by whose stripes you were healed. If you are sick today, refuse it, rebuke it, stand on this word and know that 2,000 years ago you were healed. 2,000 years ago, supernaturally, you were healed today. On this Sunday in history, you were healed then. So why don't you walk in it now? Walk in the manifestation of your healing that happened then. Walk in it now. By his stripes, you were healed. You are healed because you were healed. So walk in that. Push away the sickness. Push away the fear. Push away the disease. Push away the pain, the past. All the things that would stop you or hinder you. Push through. And stand on the word of God. As a matter of fact, there's somebody here today, actually. There's, there's several people. I don't know how many, but there's several people that have been afraid. You've been feeling like, and you've been afraid that you have cancer. You don't. But you've been feeling that. So I want you to come up here right now so we can break that spirit of fear and cancer off of you. If that's you, run up here right now. Come on. Come on, where are you? Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. Run up here, run up here. That spirit is a liar. Come on, there's several. I know there's several. I don't know how many, but I know there's at least two or three. Anybody else? Anybody else? Now, if you've been healed of cancer, stand up. If you've been healed of cancer, come stand behind them. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. 
Girls, look at these people coming and those behind you. You think God loves them more than he loves you? No. He's no respecter of persons. The devil is a liar. And today, in the name of Jesus, come stand up here, Preston. Come stand up for Rosetta. You've been healed, but come stand right there, right between those ladies, right there. We're going to pray for her today. Well, I'll just sit here and take a break for a moment. I can see them better. Do you believe the Word of God? Y'all don't have cancer. You've been thinking it. You don't have it. The devil is a liar. I don't care if you got a diagnosis from the doctor. You don't. I had one in my throat 20-something years ago, but I don't have it. Devil tried to steal my voice. But I'm telling you today in the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against you will prosper in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come help me, Rita. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for these that have been healed of cancer. And we thank you, Lord, that these that have come do not have cancer. In the name of Jesus, we break the assignment. We come against it in the name of Jesus. We break it now. Cancer, you are a liar. You are a trespasser. You are leaving. You cannot torment her mind anymore. You cannot touch her body. In the name of Jesus, you have been rendered powerless. You are powerless, Satan. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. You are leaving now. Every spirit of fear, every lying spirit, you are leaving her now, 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 now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we lift up Rosetta now. We rebuke every spirit of cancer. We rebuke it. Satan, you are a liar. You are a trespasser. Get off her body. Get out of her mind. Get out of every red and white blood cell. Get out of her bone marrow. Get out, get out, get out now. In the name of Jesus, you are leaving her now, 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 now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that no weapon formed against her will prosper. No spirit of cancer. No cancer in her body. No cancer in her cells. Go. You are leaving her. Every spirit of fear. Every spirit of cancer. Go, go, go. Come on, somebody lift up a praise. Lift up a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Be seated. Be seated just a moment. Somebody say supernatural Sunday. Look back and say supernatural life. Supernatural life. Now here is your authority to walk in a supernatural life. Your declaration sets in motion the supernatural. Say it with me. My declaration, according to the Word of God, sets into motion the supernatural in my life. Your authority to speak a word, to declare a thing. It starts in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And God said, let us make man in our own image and let them have dominion. Somebody say dominion. dominion. 
Let them have dominion over the birds of the air, the beast of the field, the fish of the sea, over every living thing. Let them have dominion and subdue. So God gave you dominion authority. I like to say king dominion, king dominion. Colossians 2. This is what he did for you. Having disarmed principalities and powers. Now, did the Bible say we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers? Spiritual wickedness in high places? That's where the battle is. Did he say that the battle is the Lord's? But the victory is ours. So if you're going against principalities and powers, it's good to know that he disarmed them. He disarmed the principalities and the powers. That's why no weapon formed against you will prosper. It's an imaginary weapon. All they have is their mind, your mind, to torment you in your mind. Because there's no weapon. The principality and the power has been disarmed. The weapons have been removed from their hand. If you could just get it. When you, when you get a report that you got cancer, laugh. And then rebuke it and refuse it and say, you don't have the power to give me cancer. You've been disarmed. You have no power. You've been disarmed. And not only that, by his stripes, I was healed when he said, it is finished. So it's done. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them. And he triumphed over them. Don't you know that when, when the devil thought it was over and he was dead and he was in the tomb for just a moment the devil thought well wow I wasn't I I, I didn't expect this but and then Jesus showed up in hell and he said give give me the keys I'm taking the keys of death hell and the grave out of your hand give me the keys and he took the keys he took the keys and then he rose from the dead he rose from the grave on the third day he got up and he rose from the dead and it was supernatural supernatural Supernatural. Give somebody a high five and say, it is supernatural. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 